Every week, Northern California homeowners like you turn to Ask the Contractors for the best products, information, and specialists to complete their home improvement projects. Now with more than 35 years of contracting experience locally, here's your host of Ask the Contractors, Todd Bird. It's askthecontractors.com, your source for local home improvement pros. Folks, this is where we cut through it all and nail things down. How's everyone doing out there? I'm your host, Todd Bird. Put your hard hat on. Get that tool belt on. Go on, suck in that gut. Wrap that tool belt around. Lock it in place. Get your tools on there. And let's go out and measure some things up, nail things down, and make your home even better than what it is. We love taking care of our home. That's what makes this show so successful. People love talking about their home. It's where they live where they take their clothes off it's where they raise their kids it's where they eat it's where they have parties it's where they make memories that's why our homes are so important to us it fuels the economy think about it we've talked about this before a house has so many amenities you buy a house you need a real estate agent you have an air conditioning unit it needs to be repaired a roof siding windows flooring kitchen cabinets countertops all these things how about landscaping All these things matter. Furnishings. You think about what a home does to our economy. It fuels it, folks. So this is the place I love talking about what I've done for well over 30 years, and that is be the contractor I am, all the remodels I've done in the past, the ones I hope to do in the future, and working with people because I love working on people's homes. It's a joy to me. I love taking things apart, putting them back together and making people happy. Uh, In fact, we're starting a kitchen remodel coming up uh, this week, and the people are so excited. And I told them, I'm going to be your best friend until you're eating pizza three nights in a row. So check us out on our website, askthecontractors.com. Use our trusted home improvement pros that we endorse, I endorse, by searching our directory of contractors. I've been working with these people for years. These are businesses that I've used over the years. My company is a very successful company, but it's only successful because I have these people that I've used to make me look good. All that stuff is on my website. Go to it and and check these people out. Cherry Home Improvement, Farmers Insurance, Agent Thomas George, Black Diamond Pavers, Stone and Landscaping. These are people that I use, and now you can use them also by going to my website, askthecontractors.com. We have an exciting show here today coming up uh, in our next segment. We have authority heating and air. We have the question of the week, which is always interesting. And we have Troy Bird from Guild Mortgage to talk about interest rates, where they're going to go. Is it going to stagnate our economy or not? I don't know. I hope it doesn't stagnate things because things are really rolling along pretty well out there right now. And I would hope that uh, we can keep it going and upping the interest rate does not disturb that. So a lot in this show we're going to pull together for you. Hey, as always, I love diving into the news, news that affects you and I. The American dream is harder to find in some neighborhoods. A new analysis of government data shows where people who grew up in low-income environments are more likely to make good. A new online data tool finds a strong connection between where people are raised and their chances of achieving the American dream. The tool comes from Harvard University with a team of researchers to marry U.S. Census Bureau data with data from the Internal Revenue Service. The findings are changing how researchers think about economic mobility. 
it goes on here to say, it used to be that people born in the 1940s and 50s were virtually guaranteed to achieve the American dream of earning more than their parents did. This tool posted on AskTheContractors.com Facebook page shows that that's not always the case. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a different economy. I think because we've gone uh, with all the tech in our economy that I, I don't, I, I don't know where this generation is going. I, I hope my kids have a better life than I do. I, I don't know. The 40s and 50s were a very special time in our in our economy. I mean, the big housing boom, the war ending, and of course the baby boomers, and our economy picked up because our nation did just explode in population. People are having fewer kids nowadays. I don't see this next generation having kids. How's that going to affect our economy? If you don't have that young generation coming up, then a lot of the amenities that we were blessed with are not as needed as they were with us. So something to think about, something to talk about. And uh, what's your opinion on that? Do you feel you're doing better than what your parents did? I'd like to get some emails on that. Uh, send them to askthecontractors.com. Even our living styles have changed. You know, I grew up in a big, big house. But the new generation coming up, tiny houses, less of a carbon footprint, as they call it. Here's one I find uh, very interesting. American Pest Association releases fall winter forecast for bugs and pests. According to the group's team of entomologists, erratic weather patterns and record-breaking rainfall on the East Coast are expected to cause an increase in pest pressure across the United States this fall and winter. Elsewhere, drought conditions across the southwestern part of the country are expected to contribute to an influx of pests. The full forecast is available on Ask the Contractors Facebook page, but in the southwest and U.S., despite having the warmest and dry season on record, and this, of course, is in the southwest, cold and wet winter conditions will drive rodents and other overwintering pests, such as stink bugs and lady beetles, indoors earlier than usual. So, you know, that is so true. Um, even in my attic last year, we found a tiny little hole up underneath the eaves and we got a couple of those little mice and had to go up there and set traps. And I ended up getting them and getting them out of there. But yeah, they wanted to come in where it's warm and dry. And we want to be careful of that because we they're not meant to be living with you unless they're in a cage being fed as a pet, maybe. <laughs> Here's one that I, I like. Pole reveals most annoying neighbors in the U.S. The old adage that fences make good neighbors is as true as ever, but fences don't work in cities. So researchers set out to find cities where neighbors are good and not good. Interestingly, it found that the hotter the city, the more likely the hotter the temperatures. I get that. I run around this town all day long. And in the summertime, you get people who are hot and bothered and their air conditioner isn't working uh, sometimes. You, you could see their tempers kind of go up a little bit. I've seen it on job sites with workers. It gets really hot and people become annoyed. It's, it's very uncomfortable for some people and it turns them into a moody mess. At top, on top of the list, most annoying cities are Dallas, Miami, and Austin. Cities where neighbors are least annoying include Minneapolis, Portland, and Atlanta. That's, that's kind of interesting. Americans had a long list of specific complaints about neighbors. Here are the top five. Noise is the leading offense. People also cite loud kids. I've never heard kids be annoying. I, I love the sound of kids playing. Pets and TVs 
general grumpiness along with parking issues and dog poop. You ever see someone just walk around your neighborhood and their dog poops on your lawn and they just continue to go? That is annoying. That is not good. Carry those little bags with you. Other annoyances include smells, tobacco, pets, and cooking. Uh, fifth is yard signs and nudity in and around the property. <laughs> I, I venture to say I've never seen my neighbors nude. <laughs> I wouldn't look anyway, but that's kind of a weird one. Okay. I'm going to go down this list here. I'm not done with this yet. What annoys us? Okay. Number one, loud music. Worst city, Houston. Runner up is Miami. Uh, here's another one, general grumpiness that I, uh, shared with you a second ago. Detroit is the worst second up Philadelphia. How about dirty yards? Detroit just getting beat up here. They're number one, Nashville, a close second smoke from marijuana. That's increasingly, uh, people have become a little bit more open about, uh, their marijuana smoking and, uh, Phoenix is, is the worst with Portland as a runner up. And how about unannounced visits, Atlanta, and then Austin as a close second. <laughs> Things that annoy us. I, I don't know. Fences, you're right, don't always make good neighbors when you're in the city because, again, you can't have a fence in the city. And so, anyways. Hey, check us out on the website, askthecontractors.com. Use our trusted home improvement pros that we endorse by searching directory of contractors. In this segment, I want to talk a little bit about interest rates. If you want to buy a home or you're selling your home to buy another home, interest rates are front and center. Uh, Just one point increase, one little notch upward changes everything. The U.S. housing market, already struggling with a tight inventory and rising building costs, face a fresh headwind as 30-year mortgage rates rise close to 5% threshold for the first time in years. I wanted to reach out to someone who knows an awful lot about this. I have Troy Bird in studio from Guild Mortgage. Troy, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. Where are we going? Because you deal with loans constantly for people. If it jumps up for four, from 4.8% to 5%, that, that could be a deciding factor from someone buying a home or not buying that home. It could be, but I, I want to bring this all around and, and to say that actually rates have been rising over the um, past couple of years, we've seen rates increase this year. However, historically, for the last 40 years, from the early 1970s until now, the average rate's been 8.5%. The average rate? That has been the average rate since early 1970s until now, 8.5%. So we're still historically low compared to the average rate of about 8.5% over the last 40 years. You know, it's interesting, Troy, when you say that. I'll give you a shocker. When I started my company back in 80, 81, 82, in those areas, a struggling contractor trying to get his name out there, River City Bank, I my first loan on a house, an 898 in Oak Park, 21%. I was 21%. And I'm and just like, was what? that a fixed rate? <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it was a, it was a construction loan yeah, and then it converted yeah. into a takeout 30 right, year right, mortgage rate, but right. still 21%. Well, I, I think that's important to keep that in mind that people um, tend to 
um, really focus in on rates jumping up an eighth or rates jumping up a quarter, but we're still historically low based on the last 40 years. Right. Do you see it going higher even? I mean, are the feds going to move that up again? Quick answer, yes. But if you're in contract or if you're refinancing your house, I think the next three to four weeks, it's probably would be safe to say that we'll probably see a slight dip in rates, but we will still continue to see a rise. Okay. So if someone comes into you and sits down and say, you know, I want to get pre-qualified, could you actually lock them in to today's rates or do they have to suffer the consequences of waiting three weeks and maybe seeing a a change in that interest rate If they are in contract- or if they have signed a loan application, you can be locked in. Okay, so not necessarily being pre-qualified guarantees There that. are programs that can work in that, in that scenario. Mm-hmm. However, as a general rule, you would either be in contract or in a loan application. So what would you say to people sitting on the fence? Is this the time to get a loan and maybe get out there in that housing market before things dramatically change? If you're purchasing, I think it's looking a lot better for the buyers out there. We're starting to see the inventory pick up, not just here in the Sacramento area, but also in the Bay Area, which has been very, very challenging for the buyers. So I think that's going to be positive for buyers. As long as that inventory continues to increase, it will help the buyers out there looking to you know to purchase. Interest rates went from 4.23% to 4.97%. Now, if you're buying a $220,000 loan over a 30-year period, Troy, that can mean a difference of $35,000 over that period. So it does mean something it in the long does. term. Yes. And and so again, if you're if you're looking for a home, get locked in and protect yourself, I guess, from from a higher interest rate. But I go back to that eight and a half percent. That's really interesting. We're still very blessed with interest rates being where they're at. We are over a forty year period. Yes. Right. Is it smarter to go fifteen year now instead of a thirty because of that interest rate? It, it could be in certain uh, circumstances. It depends on what you're if you're going to be in the house long term. Looking not to move for the average time in a house is about seven years. If you're looking to stay in the property, fifteen years might be a way to look at. Even a 10-year, 10-year, 15-year, or 30-year. I also did a story not too long ago about just making an extra payment a year on your home can cut that 30-year mortgage from 30-year down to 26 years. So it's huge. I mean, yeah, it's four, yeah. it knocks four years at off least, that mortgage at least. and saves you thousands and thousands of dollars. So right, right. if people have any questions about mortgage rates and where they're going, I'm assuming they can give you a call? At 916-977-1234. 916-977-1234. And Troy Bird from Guild Mortgage is on our website, askthecontractors.com. So you can go to askthecontractors.com, Guild Mortgage, lock yourself into a rate now. He will answer all your questions in regards to the mortgage industry. Staying on track here with the mortgage industry, Equity is the percentage of market value that you own in your home. The lender owns the rest. So your goal should be to pay the lender's share, the principal as it's called, down and build your share of equity up. Here's what you need to do. You need to go to the extreme lengths to pay down that mortgage. Just follow these easy tips. Buy wisely. Buy as much home as you can, assuming that you're raising families and and starting the the ladder of life, as I call it. 
You want to buy as much home as you can to afford and making sure you're comfortable, of course, because every time you buy or sell a home, folks, you have moving costs, you have uh, your loan costs, all these things start to add up and they chip away at your equity that you've worked so hard with. So when you buy a home, try and stay in there as long as you can. Referring back to what Troy said, your average person in a home uh, lives in their home seven years. Try and get a home that maybe you can live a little longer in. And again, build up that equity as much as possible. How about paying a little extra? Pay a little more every month toward reducing your principal. Use bonus checks, cashback, credit card credits, for instance, and put that toward your mortgage. It will make a huge difference and it will get that principal paid off a lot quicker. Here's the other thing. Pay off other debts. Don't incur debts such as automobiles and going out to dinner and credit cards and all those other things. Focus on that mortgage. The quicker you get that mortgage paid off, the more you're going to be free in life and not have that big payment every month. And believe me, you will sleep a lot better. Make improvements. Keep your home repaired and updated. Preserve the equity by making your home beautiful. And it's always going to raise value the more you take care of your home. So never be afraid to do that. Or maybe you shouldn't remodel at all. Build up that equity. It's a smart thing to do if you are a homeowner. You want to take care of your property as much as possible. Hey, we have lots more coming up. Stay with us. We're going to be talking about your kitchen. Should you remodel? Should you not remodel? We're going to be talking about pavers. We have the question of the week coming up. Now is the time to get your home in shape for the winter with new windows, doors, flooring, exterior siding, kitchen, full room additions, and more from Paul Reeves of Reeves Construction. Paul is a general contractor who's qualified to take care of your project from start to finish by managing all stages of your job. Give Paul a call at 916-276-7907. Serving homeowners, property managers, residential and commercial construction, Reeves Construction is bonded and insured for your peace of mind. Paul Reeves uses new construction technology and project upgrades to protect and increase the value of your home or business on time. And did you know Paul Reeves specializes in energy efficiency standards to help you reduce your overall use of energy? New renovations will bring your home or business up to the latest standards to save you money and protect the environment. For the best quality construction, in-house subs, Four generations of construction knowledge and locally endorsed by me, Todd Bird, and AskTheContractors.com. Paul Reeves of Reeves Construction. Give him a call at 916-276-7907. That's 916-276-7907 or ReevesConstructionSite.com. Stay with us, everyone. I'm your host, Todd Bird. Check us out on our website, askthecontractors.com. Use our trusted home improvement pros that we endorse by searching our directory of contractors. And there are so many good resources on that website to go to if you're thinking about doing a project around your home. I always love this segment because this is the question of the week. Someone sends me a question. We kind of go through them all and pick out what we think is the best one. This one is from Al in Elk Grove. It goes on to say here that we have an old asphalt circular driveway that has seen better days. The asphalt is breaking apart and there is cratering in the heavy traffic areas. Um, 
we are out in the country. I don't know what that has to do with it, but they're out in the country. Okay. So here's the question from Al. We are considering replacing the driveway with either brick or concrete pavers and stones. And, and I'm not quite sure what the difference is there, but he goes on to say, which type of pavers are better for Northern California's arid climate? Can you explain the difference between brick and concrete pavers? You know what, Al, I don't have the answer for that, but a smart general contractor does something that all smart contractors do. And that is they turn to someone who does know the answer. So I too can learn about it. Joining us now to help answer this question is Peter Smith, regional manager with Black Diamond Paver Stones and Landscaping. Are you with me, Peter? I sure am. Peter, thank you so much for joining me here on the show today. So what is the difference between brick and concrete? And is this a situation for Al that is, is a good solution for his driveway? Yeah, and, and paving stones are definitely the better way to go. Um, brick was originally created by the Dutch for roadways, so they, they designed it for that. But what, what happens with brick is it's baked in a kiln, so it's inconsistent in sizes, and it doesn't interlock. The Dutch actually were the, the creators of the paving stone. They later created the paving stones after seeing the downside of the brick. And where pavers started off was just basically a 4 by 8 paving stone, very simple, not a lot of colors and sizes. Now you have tons of colors, tons of sizes. You can really personalize it with your house. You get the uniform sizes because of the concrete. It's not baked, so it's not it's not it's it's easy to control. You bet, get a better friction coefficient, so you get better non-slip surface for the tires for walking on it. Uh, they distribute the weight a lot better. They actually interlock, so when you place weight on one paving stone, it's going to spread across the whole driveway. That's what makes them so strong. Mm-hmm. Way more consistency. So basically, anywhere you can walk or drive. Uh, paving stones are going to be a better solution for you. We have Peter Smith. He's on the line with us, regional manager with Black Diamond Paver Stones and Landscaping, helping us figure out this question. Peter, something tells me that this is more ecologically friendly than just putting asphalt down. And the reason I say that is here we're so conscientious of things going down our storm drains and, and what have you. When you take asphalt and put it on raw ground, you're basically taking oil and pouring it on the ground, which doesn't sound like a very very favorable thing for our environment. This is a solution for that, correct? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you ever, you know, get anywhere near them, you're repaving an asphalt road or anything like that. I mean, it's literally the last thing you want at your home. And, and you're slurring it every once in a while to keep it, you know, I guess, better looking. Uh, but, it, but yeah. yeah, the paver stones just seem to, to really work. Let me ask you this. To do a job, say, a 100-foot driveway, uh, normal, what, 16 feet wide by 100 feet. How long does a job like that take? You know, it, it depends. It depends on how easy it is to get to, you know, kind of how far away it is from the, you know, the rocks and the and the bases mm-hmm. and the materials we need. But, you know, typically we can get in two to three weeks, you know, get all the old asphalt out, get a bunch of the clay soils out, come in with a good solid foundation and put the paving stones on top of that. It sounds like a great, great solution for taking care of a problem and not going back with concrete that cracks, going back with asphalt that, again, we talked about the ecologically friendliness of your project. I think it's a win-win all the way around. Yeah. What is trending in pavers right now? Is there colors? Is there styles? Uh, what What is it that uh, that is fresh and new out there that people are looking for? You know, there's there's a lot of styles. There's a lot of colors. You know, a lot of people like the, the more traditional cobblestones and rounded surfaces. There's a, a much more modern look of pavers where you want the you know the straight lines and the, the 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 edges, and that's a lot of people are doing that in courtyards and patios. You know, with the more modern construction, 
but really, you know, there's a style, there's a color for everybody with so many out there and just, you know, different color borders tying into different color trims on the houses. You really can personalize it however you want with that same, you know, really lifetime product in your front yard. That is great. Great answers to a, to a really good question. Al from Elk Grove, thank you so much. And that's what this show is all about, taking a listener with a question and marrying that person to one of our pros on AskTheContractors.com. In this case, Black Diamond Paver Stones and Landscaping. Black Diamond Paver Stones and Landscaping are front and center on my website. You can go to that website. And again, another great contractor on AskTheContractors.com for your source in taking care of your home. Do you have a question for me? I'll answer it right here on the air. So send it to me. Send it to AskTheContractors.com. And I will answer that question for you. And even if I do not know the answer, I'm going to reach out to someone like Black Diamond Pavers, Stones, and Landscaping, and together we're going to find out the answer. Hey, Peter, before I let you go, can you tell my listeners a little bit about your company? Because I know it's a great company. I want my listeners to hear it from you on how great it is. Yeah, Black Diamond uh, Paving Stone Landscape, we've been around since 2004. We transform about 1,000 jobs a year, uh, just you know, really personalizing people's outdoor spaces and landscaping. We can do everything from paving stones to retaining walls to plants and pretty much anything outside. Uh, give us a call at 1-800-942-1955. That's 1-800-942-1955. Make it, make it the space they've always wanted outside. Black Diamond Paver Stones and Landscaping, and they will be there for you. They'll give you a bid, and they're going to make your home even more beautiful than what it is now. I want to talk a little bit about cramped kitchens. This 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 really kind of bothers me when you walk into a home and the kitchen is not the focal point because where do all the parties end up? In the kitchen. And I'm talking about older homes. Years ago, kitchens were not that uh should i shall i say important and i'm going to give you i'll give you an example i grew up in the fab 40s curtis park area in what they called the curtis park mansion and in this home which was just a huge home seven car garage i mean full basement it was a beautiful beautiful all brick home but the kitchen was about six feet by eight feet and to give you an example, and it was built in 1919, to give you an example how kitchens were just non, non-important. They just were not important back then. The table in the, in the dining area actually had a butler's button to where the people did not have to get up and even go into the, uh, this is the original owners, go into the kitchen. Someone would bring them something out. It was like taboo to go into a kitchen back then. And of course now the kitchen is front and center in the home and everything's built around it. Here are a couple of questions you need to ask yourself before adding to your kitchen. Do you need a kitchen addition? If you're tired of living with a cramped kitchen that doesn't function as it should, If you can afford to invest in that new space, that's very important because kitchens are very, very expensive. If you plan to stay in your home long enough to enjoy all the work the addition is going to entail, then a kitchen addition may be perfect for you. Whom should I hire? Well, a lot of people like to go the interior designer route a kitchen designer, or even an architect, and especially an architect that can that knows what bearing walls are and how far you can push things out. Um, building designers, they're also helpful, and they all have their own little niche. Uh, interior designers, I'll go back to them, they have their niche more in the cosmetic side of things, a type of uh, product, c- countertops, stones, 
um, uh, tiles, sinks, faucets. Those, those are very important. And again, uh, a kitchen designer can draw this out and an architect can give a seal of approval. And one more step, if you do have to move walls, chances are you're going to need an engineer stamp on those plans before you start your project. And of course, always get a permit. Um, how much should a kitchen be bumped out? Well, that again, goes back to what I just said. You, an architect or an engineer will be able to tell you what your limitations are in a home, because you do have those things called bearing walls, which will limit you to some extent. You can always use headers though, and open things up. And you might even want to put glue lamps or headers in your attic. So you have a clean look on your ceiling. So there's all kinds of ways to make your kitchen look bigger and be safe. And, and, and this goes right into it. Are there any structural considerations? Yes. Anytime you remove a structural wall, whether interior or exterior, your architect or designer will need to replace that load. In other words, the load on that wall coming down from your upstairs or your attic. So that is very, very important. Now here's another one you have to consider. What will cost range be in a kitchen? Well, you control that as a homeowner, appliances, uh, countertops, type of cabinetry, type of flooring. So the best way to go is go back to your kitchen designer or your architect and get what they call a preliminary set of plans, a working set of plans. So you could start getting uh, prices on how much square footage I need for my uh, granite. Uh, how many lineal footage of cabinetry do I have to deal with? What type of flooring? Once you get those worked out, now you can start getting prices on those items and make yourself a budget. So I hope that helps you out on kitchens for you to uh, to take with you when you do your next kitchen remodel, if in fact you're going to do a kitchen remodel. Do you have a question for me? Send it to me, askthecontractors.com. I want to hear about your remodel. Hey, I want to thank Authority Heating and Air today for being on with me. I want to thank Troy Bird from Guild Mortgage. That was awesome. He was so good. I want to thank Black Diamond Paver Stones and Landscaping. Great conversation with them. I enjoyed being with all of you today. Stay with me next week. I'll be back. Same place, same bat channel. I'm Todd Bird. Have a great weekend.